0: Welcome to Conversations for Life, a podcast ministry of Cross Life with husband and wife, Jonathan and Kathleen. We are here to discuss the things that bring life into our marriages and families. We invite you now to pull up a chair and join in the conversation. Hey everyone, welcome back to Conversations for Life. It's been a little while. We've had Thanksgiving and had a really good time here with friends and family, but we have been itching to jump back in to Conversations for Life, and especially today because we're talking about a topic that means a great deal to both Kathleen and I. We're talking today about family systems. And if you were here for our very first podcast episode of Conversations for Life, you remember us introducing the idea of family systems. But today we're going to spend the entire episode just talking about what family systems is and even just really introducing it to you all, because there's a lot, of course, that we won't even be able to begin to touch in just one episode, but we want to get the introduction out there and just begin talking about what systems is and what it looks like in the home, and as we launch into a series of episodes talking about family systems. So uh, I'm going to kick it off with Kathleen and just uh, ask Kathleen, can you just briefly describe for our listeners, uh, what is family systems?
1: Yeah, that's right. So in our first podcast, when we talked about just the purpose of Conversations for Life, we mentioned family systems and talked a little bit about why that's so important and how that can be helpful in understanding our families and in building something good in our families. And so today we're getting back to that, and I'm really excited about that. And you know, um, I'm trained as a counselor, but obviously this is not a counseling session. This is what our hope here is to provide tools for you guys to be able to look at your families, to be able to Change things in your families to be able to uh, build something God honoring, God exalting, and beautiful in your families. And so that's our goal here, just to introduce this these ideas and and hopefully like turn on some light bulbs in our brains. Because you know, Jonathan, is, you've always said this really is turned on a light bulb for you. And the way that you uh, think about uh, our families and think about ourselves as individuals. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a in a little bit. But yeah, so um, you know, the thing about our families is they really play a defining role in our lives. and understanding them is key to understanding ourselves. But uh, detangling all these strands of interactions can be really difficult. So how do we understand our families? You know, and so um, a good question is, you know, what is a family made up of? You know, there might be a mother, a father, children, grandparents, or other extended family, maybe blended families. There's a lot of different variations, but, I think the way I think of it is that um, a family is more than the sum of its parts. You know, a family is not just, uh, there's person A and person B and person C, and um, all of each of those people has a single linear relationship between another individual and that's it. So the family is a lot more than just a loose collection of individuals who act independently. It's actually a cohesive interrelated emotional unit. And that's the system that we're talking about. And it kind of takes on a personality and character of its own. So each individual in a family and their relationships weave together this interdependent system that has certain patterns and rules which hold it together and keep it going. And so the family as a whole tends to subconsciously work to keep that system intact in an equilibrium state just kind of going along business as usual, even if that state isn't very pleasant.
0: Well, and for me, as we talk about family systems, I think what's really important uh, is for our listeners to understand that, that while, because the family is central, the marriage and family is central to our, our human life and, and human development and, and flourishing, that of course, speaking about family systems is absolutely critical. But what, to me, is so critical about the whole um, idea of systems is that it really altered my view of, of human nature, because, like, I don't know, growing up here in the U.S., I tended to see myself as an individual, and what family systems does is it reorients the way you look at a human being, and what, it says, what family systems says basically is, look, every human being is a part of a system, and in fact multiple systems and in fact you as an individual you you play a role in that system and in, in terms of uh propagating that system making that system happen and, and and participating in that system but then you are also heavily influenced by that system and so there's there's a dynamic uh, interchange between you as the individual as a in, 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 into this system and of course that's most pivotal in a family, but that also extends to the workplace. You know, I've read a number of, of great books on leadership and healthy organizations, and although many of them don't even use the language of systems, that's really what they're talking about. And, and so for a good example is I read a book called Good to Great. It was all about how, how you can cultivate uh, a healthy culture in your company or your organization that leads to greatness. And um, at the end of the day, what they're talking about is these intangible realities of, of organizations that drive so much of the culture of, of the institution that then really determine whether or not you're going to be successful or not. I think so often we as human beings, we live and we interact with these systems and if we don't have the framework of, of systems theory in our, in our minds and we don't understand it, then really it's like in my mind, walking around with the lights off. And we, we see problems, we feel problems, we feel stress, we have other symptoms that we might be feeling and yet we don't really, can't name what it is, and so to me systems theory and, and, and taking a new approach to understanding how we as human beings develop and how we live life in a context of these larger entities was really pivotal.
1: Yeah, I think we're pretty used to thinking individually about ourselves, about our our problems, and about the good things as well, and um, especially, you know, within psychology. So the, this these ideas kind of take some getting used to. but. Um, it's practical. It's verifiable. There's a lot of research behind this. And it really can change the way you, you see things. So there's a number of different uh, theories about systems, about family systems. Um, Dr. Murray Bowen is one of the most uh, well-known, and he's done a lot of work. You know, he was actually trained uh, in Freud's psychoanalysis, but just discovered that through his work, through his research, that um, you, you can't pin everything on kind of what's happening in the individual's psyche. He really found that a lot of what was going on with people was was uh, going back to their families and the relationships and the patterns and the interactions within their families of origin. And um, so a lot of people since him have expanded and revised and done this, but there's a lot of research. There's a growing body of empirical research that that backs up this uh, these theories. And it's very, very useful, you know, not just uh, for a counselor or someone in psychology, but just for anyone to be looking at their own family in their own life.
0: So, um, Kathleen, maybe you could help out um, our listeners, but just, we, we've kind of talked a little bit about the, the academic and kind of the big picture philosophical idea of family systems. Maybe, maybe you, you could use a, a illustration or an example to sort of flesh out, what does this look like? Like, what, what, what are we talking about in real life?
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, So a simple example might be something like this. So you have a family, a mom and dad, they argue and fight a lot. Um, It gets out of hand sometimes. Mom copes by drinking. And they have an older son and a younger son. The older son works hard to be perfect in school and at home. You know, he pacifies his parents. He diverts anger away from himself. And then the younger son starts to act out at school, um, having problems, you know, whatever, uh, delinquency, Thing he's choosing but that kind of drives dad into military commander fix-it mode and it pulls mom out of her drinking spells so then the parents forget about their own conflicts they focus on the younger son and his problems and you know you might look at this from the outside and say well now it seems that mom and dad are doing pretty well you know they're working together they're unified um, they're they're really on top of things but the younger son well he's unfortunately fallen into a bad place and um, that would be a common you know way of of viewing this family situation. But with family systems, we would look at it a little differently. We'd say, you know, is that the full story? And and looking at it through this lens, we'd say that each member of this family is actually playing a role and their choices emanate from their place within the family, kind of their role in the family. They're acting out more than just their own individual desires. You you could say um, that the older son, it seems like he's trying to solve the family problems with his remedy, which is being successful, um, you know, keeping everything smooth, flying under the radar, while the younger son is actually addressing the family problems in a very different way. It might sound strange to say that he's addressing the family problems because it looks like he's just creating more problems. But if you look at what's happening when he's acting out, well, dad is not fighting mom anymore. He's really focused on his, his son uh, Mom is not drinking, and she's not fighting dad. She's working with dad. And so right now the family is united in this common goal of fixing this younger son. So in this case, he's kind of the scapegoat of the family. He's, he's the problem, and everyone unifies to, to fix that problem. And so it's not really a nice place for him, but there, there's a sense in which he feels safer knowing that his family is intact and they're working together. And it's worth it to these people to kind of keep this system going because even though it's dysfunctional, everyone feels like they know what's going on and they, they know their place in it. And you know, that none of this is this conscious, like I'm gonna act out in order to unify mom and dad, but it's this idea that as anxieties arise in the family, as things get difficult and there's tensions, relational tensions, um, people can settle into certain roles and uh, it kind of, it works for them and so, None of this is intentional, but it's just the way that the these, these relationships develop as these relationship patterns develop as the tension and the anxiety in the family increases. So, you know, if you looked at this situation, at this example, what would happen if the younger son stopped acting out, he became less needy? You know, would, would all the family's problems be solved? Well, it's unlikely because nothing has really been addressed. You know, if the parents no longer had a common mission they would probably revert back to their previous patterns of relating with fighting and drinking um, so on because they haven't really addressed whatever's going on in their marriage and their family. Um, So even though mom and dad are temporarily united, the system hasn't really changed. It's just kind of gone off in a different direction. Um, It's shifted its focus to a different member of the family in the midst of a crisis. Um, So if the younger son is no longer having problems in school, the same patterns will just start working themselves out in a different way.
0: Well, and to give another example, and of course there are infinite numbers of of examples, because as as we've been saying, this is fundamental really to how human beings um, relate to one another. Uh, Just one more example is, for example, maybe there is um, a mom out there who is sort of the, 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 the classic helicopter or overly involved mom. You know, she's at every and her kids are in 800 activities, and she's at every one of them, and she's always hovering over her kids, and she's always uh, taking, you know, extreme care for them, and, and it's just uber involved in their lives, and someone else says, man, that mom, she's really involved in their lives, and, and you sort of see her, oh, well, she's overprotective, or she's whatever, but then you find out, well, dad works 80 hours a week, and their marriage is basically non-existent. She's not getting any emotional affection from him, not any support from him. And so then, now the family systems, you begin to see her her involvement in her kids' lives in a whole new light. Now you go, oh, okay, so basically, now we're not counseling, we're not diagnosing any particular situation, but one possible way you would explore that if you're working with family systems is you would think, okay, so how is she essentially transferring her needs for affection and affirmation and, and uh, uh, connection uh, onto her kids that she's not getting from her husband. And so what might have at first appeared to be a parent-child issue, you now begin to address as a, as a marriage issue. And that's where systems, I think to me, just turns the light bulb on. You see how our behaviors that on the on the surface might look one way. When you look at it from a family systems point of view, you begin to see uh, a much more dynamic picture. And that really, that the beauty of it is it enables you to get to actual problems as opposed to constantly dealing with surface issues. Um, and, of course, to me, as a pastor, I just want to say this briefly. This is, you know, family systems, the, the best thing I love about it is that it's, it's biblical. What I see, what, what secular research is showing with family systems is exactly what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that he created us uh, to live in the context of family and community, and that we do not exist as individuals isolated from one another, that we exist as individuals. And think about this. God himself is a trinity, One God in three, three in one. God is a system. Um, It works perfectly, right? I mean, it's a perfect system. And and so how appropriate is it then? of course, all of creation imitates that reality of who God is? And so what I love about family systems in the end is that it's biblical. And so often we see in the Bible family systems that work. One example is David. Right, David, the great king of Israel, who who you know goes out and slays Goliath and does all these other great things, and yet at home we know it's just a rotten mess. And um, and you, you you follow the the course of his children's lives, and and you think, oh wow, well David was a bad parent, and you know he he probably was. But what's also going on there is you see family systems at work. You see how all that. And of course, I think another example is is Jacob and his two wives. I mean, that's got to be a classic example of the breakdown of of dysfunctional family systems with the wives competing with one another and all of that. And so you see all throughout the Bible, um, family systems at work, uh, I would say probably typically in destructive ways just because of sin. But it's so evident in scripture that the way we are as human beings, we are not isolated individuals. We are part of a family, and that family shapes who we are. And that was God's design. That's not that's not a bad thing to say that. It's God-designed family for that purpose. And on top of that, then, um, you know, if we want to address the, the broken condition, sin, um, our needs for God's grace, we, we can do so in the context of seeing how we've been shaped as individuals as a part of of our families and other systems in our society.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for saying that. I really love how you bring those things together and show the examples from Scripture. Yeah, I think David's a really good example of (laughs) bad family systems that that, uh, take on generational, have generational effects. You know, it's uh, in part because of his bad parenting that... um, the kingdom split. You know, I mean, you see, like his sons being so um, full of themselves, so uh, not willing to obey him and to obey God. And anyway, there's many things going into that. That you know, we're not trying to oversimplify the situation, but you can see how this relates um, to all of our lives. You know, so for us, scripture is is paramount. You know, we take the counsel of scripture. And um, that is the ultimate authority. But we also want to bring in the common grace wisdom that God has graciously blessed us with in this world of research, of you know psychology, counseling, the sciences, the arts, all the different things. And so you know, we, we, what we love to do is to bring in these, these principles and these theories and things that come from the secular world um, under and bring it under the authority of Scripture, but to see how, that can really inform how we think about um, our lives, about our families, and help us build a framework that's really useful, one that's true and one that's useful. Um, and so, you know, I say, what can we learn from this? How is this How is this useful? Well, you know, every family is a system. And as Jonathan, as you said, you know, even not just families, but any like organization is a system, too. But so our families are systems, um, whether they're positive, healthy ones, or dysfunctional ones, And if we can understand um, the roles and messages that make up our family, then that can help us uh, understand areas where we struggle with our identity or with our relationships with our original family or our present-day relationships. And um, it can really help us to form our identity based on God's truth and help us to create families that are are based on God's truth as well.
0: And what I would add, and I think to me this is... For someone who's just learning about family systems, I think here's the most important takeaway, that you as an adult especially, what we have to understand is all of us as adults, we are not products of our own individual development. That we have come out of families of origin and those families had a heavy influence in shaping who we are today. And I think so often we as adults, we are aware of areas in our life where we struggle, sin patterns, areas of insecurity, uh, whatever they might be, and so often, though, we don't recognize the deep connections that, of who we are as adults, how that's been shaped by our family of origin, and I would say that that many of us as adults are walking around so much more, with so much more um, just dysfunction than we need to be, because we've never taken stock of our family of origin. What was our family of origin like? And I think, you know, when you begin to ask, and we'll get more into this with family genealogy down the road, but when you begin to ask simple questions, they they, they reveal huge truths. So one simple question was, what was it, you know, in your family of origin, what could you not talk about? And why could you not talk about those things? It's a simple question, but everyone in their family knew that there were things. In my family, for example, we never talked about anything in depth about our emotions. It was never, it was just not allowed. And no one ever, no, of course, my parents never got up the morning or the PowerPoint and said, here's what's not allowed to be spoken of in our family. This was the system. It was just, you didn't talk about your emotions, not in any way that was deep or genuine or vulnerable. You were not vulnerable. So think about that. I grew up in a family where the system in place was that you were not allowed to be vulnerable. Um... That's one small example. Now, think about what that might do to an individual who's walking around as an adult who's never, ever taken time to process that, who's never taken time to think through how that, so maybe problems that they're having in their in their life today. Let's a total example. Let's just say they're, they're, they're a young man who's interested in women, but he can't, over and over he gets feedback from women that he doesn't connect with them. He doesn't seem emotionally, you know, alive or, or whatever. And he keeps wondering what's going on, and he's never been able to connect the fact that, the fact that in his family of origin, he wasn't able to express emotion. Now that wasn't me, I'm just giving you a, a bland example, but the point is, we as adults, if we don't process through our family of origin and those systems that shaped us, then so often we are walking around with, with deep dysfunction in our own lives that we don't need to be, or that we can just address. So the first thing I would say is, is with family systems is, uh, you, you need to go back as an adult and really think through your family of origin. And we'll get more into that later. But simple questions like what was what, what, what was not allowed in the family uh, what what were the family secrets of course, I know that's a big one you've talked about you know what secrets are in your family that no one's allowed to talk about? Um, those are just some simple questions and another one I would say is, what were the roles in your family, and how are those roles sustained? who was mom? was mom the nurturer was mom the the chief was mom the the sad, pitiable uh one you know what who was dad was dad the the complete you know uh, you know never there sort of guy or was he the the angry domineering one or was he uh sad and whatever it might be and then you know and you might have you know names for them what what were what were you what role did you play uh, how would you, you know, identify your role, the roles of your siblings? It's fascinating when you think about, because I think part of what family systems does is is you, you get an assigned role. It's not no one ever explicitly says, here's your role. It's just more of subconsciously each member of the family takes on a role. And they can even, sub, they not even, they will subconsciously fulfill that role. And this is one, for example, this is one reason why uh, when you hear about, you know, women, for example, they, they're in abused relationships. And they get out of them somehow, and then they go into another abused relationship. And you think, what's wrong with you? Don't, you? don't you see how bad that is? Well, they're fulfilling a role that they're familiar with. That's not the only thing going on there, but that's one part of what they're doing. And so I think those are a couple of questions. There's a lot more. But the first thing I would say for anyone listening is, is family systems definitely tells you to go back and look at your own family of origin and see how that shaped you.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. That was a perfect segue into uh, what I was going to talk about. You know, some of the characteristics of family systems, as you basically just introduced really well, you know, there's rules, there's roles, there's something called triangles, which I'll explain a little bit. But, you know, one of the things that you touched on about family rules, you know, um, they're usually not articulated rules. Like you said, there's no PowerPoint, but you have um, a lot of influential rules in your family that are unspoken, but that Affect everyone, you know. Like, don't have bad feelings. You know, you can be cheerful, but you can't be sad. You can't be mad. You know, or don't ever talk about family business outside the family. Our secrets stay here with us. And so, you know, um, or yeah, don't be vulnerable. Don't uh, talk about vulnerable things. Don't allow anybody to see that side of you. Be tough, you know. And um, and as you said too, the roles. That's that's a very important thing. You know, who are the who are the bad kid? Who's the bad Child, who's the good child, who are the heroes, who are the villains? Mm-hmm. You know, the truth is that kind of black and white thinking, very extreme thinking, it's not usually true. Um, not completely true, anyway. Someone who's seen as the bad kid in the family, maybe that was even you. Um, they may have messed up once and they've just been labeled that way forever. They may not even, they may be a pretty good kid, you know. But for whatever reason, it works within the family for that person to be labeled the bad kid because it makes other people feel comfortable in some way. Um, you know, so these are some of the things that, that happen in all families. Um, you know, there's another thing that I, I mentioned called triangles, um, and so this is a, a key uh, component of the theory, and basically it's just, it involves three people, you know, a triangle is three points, And um, it's really just about uh, when there's relational tension between two people, they pull in a third person to help with that. So you might imagine um, a mother who's frustrated with her son because she thinks he's lazy. Um, all, All he does is sit around or play video games or something. And the son is really frustrated with his mom because he thinks she's overbearing. She doesn't understand his goals, doesn't understand him. Well, they might pull dad into a triangle, to this little relationship, this tense relationship thing they have going on. You know, mom wants her husband to take her side and forcing their son to get his act together. And the son wants dad to take his side, uh, get mom off my back, let me do my own life, you know. And so this, you know, even just talking about that, you might think about triangles you've seen at play in your family where people pull in a third person um, and it it can be very manipulative. It is very manipulative because you're trying to um, kind of, Force someone into the role that you want them to uh, play by dragging another person to kind of be on your side. And you know, you may find that y- as you hear this, you may think, oh, I-, I can think about some ways in my childhood that that happened. Yeah, I can, I can, I was the good kid or I was the bad kid and my brother or sister was the good kid or, you know, my, my mom was. Um, kind of this victim all the time or, you know, whatever the case may be. And, of course, the thing is that a lot of this stuff carries into your adulthood even. You know, even today, uh, you might find that you you still have a certain role within the family that um, works for the family. Um, Or you may see that your siblings carry that role or your parents, you know. You know, say, if you're still the immature child... Um, Then your parents don't have to cope with their own loss of children at home or their own aging or their diminished feeling of being needed. You know, if you're always the screw-up that allows other family members, like siblings, to feel that they're comparatively successful and responsible, that gives them a nice, respected position in the family. Um, You know, or or maybe even today you still feel um, that those unspoken family rules are affecting you or keeping you from you know, being vulnerable or expressing hard emotions or talking about things that, you know, always stayed within the family. And so th- those things uh, are at play when children are at home in their families. And they're at play even once you grow up and you're an adult. And, and we bring these things into our current families. So, you know, it's, that's going to affect my relationship with, with you, Jonathan, and my relationship with my kids. Um, and that's something to be aware of. Because if you can see it, then you can start doing something about it.
0: Well, we're about out of time. And so I do want to just close with a couple of things. One is that, uh, just so you you guys know, we're going to be doing multiple episodes talking about more specifics related to family systems. Because it is so pivotal for being able to talk about marriage and family dynamics from a Christian standpoint. And that's why I I I want to close with this for my own as again as a pastor is that uh, family systems is a lens that gives us uh, ability to see family marriage and family dynamics from a Christian standpoint to be able to take what Scripture teaches us and then combine that with research from from the uh, academic world and what uh, you know psychiatrists psychologists and counselors have also discovered in their Uh, you know ample numbers of studies and experience with counseling couples and families and and basically by integrating integrating those two things it gives us the language and the framework to talk about how to cultivate life in the home and I I, I guess I'll, I'll close with this from my end is that we're not saying family systems are bad. Family systems are intrinsic to human life. It's how God designed us as human beings to interact with one another in a family, in a community. They are they created by God with, with creation itself to be good and glorifying to him. And because of the fall, of course, uh, all systems are inherently broken and, and we'll experience the need for, for repentance, for grace, and we'll be talking a lot about that as we move forward. So the key with what with, with, I going to leave you guys with is as we talk about family systems, what we're talking about is when you begin to, to be able to see these dynamics of play, it gives you a framework to then say, okay, how, how is my family system or even my work system or whatever system you might be thinking of, how is it a, a cultivating life? How is it moving toward godliness, moving toward life and towards human flourishing? How is it? obstructing that how is it suppressing that how is it seeking to destroy that and then always be a continual process or continual critiquer of these systems in your life and then be a part of be an agent of seeking to make these systems um, things that cultivate life
1: yes absolutely that's a really really important thing to say you know and you know I hope it doesn't sound like I've painted a really bleak picture here. We focused on some of the negative examples. and The thing is, every family is a system, but it doesn't have to be a bad system. And as you said, um, every, every family is gonna be fallen, sinful. You know? uh, that's different from a family that's horribly dysfunctional or abusive. You know? So we don't have to have this extreme, either you're perfect or it's a nightmare that you just wanna get out of. You know? um, a lot of families are somewhere in between. And um, and what we're aiming for really is somewhere in between, you know, closer to the good side, of course. We, we want to create families that are healthy, that are close, that are um, have good boundaries, and, and ones that, as you said, that promote life, you know. But we recognize, too, that none of them will be perfect. And as you said, there will be need for repentance. Um, and that's okay. That's, that's, that's a good thing. That's what we're aiming for. So, you know as we've talked about some of these things about rules and roles and triangles and all these different parts of of systems, you know, we're going to be talking more about that, how to use these things to create life in your family. So, um, you know, whatever sort of family rules there are, whatever sort of like little coalitions within the family that exist, you know, instead of having things that are um, destructive, we can create really – life-giving patterns in our family and so that's what we're going to be this is this is part one we're going to be doing part two soon and we're going to be talking about that we're going to be talking about how to take these principles that we've just talked about and uh, use them for really good purposes to build up your family to create something uh, that's beautiful and that honors God that exalts God with with our children and and you know in our community the people that see us Um, so yeah
0: All right. Well, it's been great. You all, thanks for listening in again to another episode of Conversations for Life. And we'll have some book recommendations for you on our website as well. If you're curious about family systems and you want to dive in and get ahead of the curve before we get to talk about other things you're welcome to do that it'll be on our website which is www.crosslifetoday.org and we'll have some some book recommendations there and a few more questions for you to think about your own family of origin and maybe uh if you feel so led to, to jot down some notes about your own family life hey listen y'all we hope you've been, uh, we've been we've uh, been you, that you've had a good time listening in today we hope that wherever you are that this has blessed you until next time you all take care and god bless Bye bye Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, you can find more resources for carrying out the Great Commission at home, at church, and in the world at www.crosslifetoday.org. Until next time, take care and God bless.